it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the South End Zone Podcast, and this week it is the final conference review. We're going to be going over the Pac-12. Got the full crew alongside this week. Jason, how are you, man? Oh, man, I'm good, bro. Uh, doing good. Got a, had a few off days here, enjoying that. Uh, my son broke his uh, arm at football practice last night, so his season's over before it started. You know, kind of like the Pac-12 playoff hopes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're going to dive into that in just a bit. Timmy, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Uh, definitely glad to be back here. Uh, not so excited to be talking about the Pac-12 because they're weak, but I'm sure we can uh, have some good conversation about them and uh, have a few laughs. Yeah. Well, Timmy, what do you see in Oregon? Because we're going to jump right into it this week because I think we're going to spend a little bit more time on certain teams this week. But uh, Oregon this week, Timmy, yeah, nine wins. I don't see it. But then again, it's the Pac-12. I think a lot of teams could win a lot of games because, to me, they're all pretty much the same. What do you think about Oregon? Yeah, it's such a weird conference, man, and I had a really hard time with a lot of these teams. But Oregon specifically, I'm taking a push at nine. You know, they don't really know who their their quarterback's going to be this year, but whoever it is going to be, you know, they'll have the benefit of throwing to a couple of pretty highly talented receivers they got Devin Williams. He's like six foot five and led the team in uh, yards, averaging 19 yards per catch. And then they've got Jalen Red and uh, tight end DJ Johnson out there, who who are all really stellar playmakers on the outside. So it'll be an easier job for a new quarterback coming in. And they got a couple of good running backs back there too. They got a, a one-two punch that's you know up there with one of the best combos in the country and Travis Dye and C.J. Verdell. And I think the offense will be fine. It's just going to be their defense. They're going to have something to prove. Um, they got to get better defensively just straight up. They've certainly had the recruiting for it, so they got to quit making excuses and just get better. You know, last year was kind of a weird season for especially the Pac-12 because they didn't play a whole lot of football games. But in the short sample size that they did play, they gave up 400 yards and 28 points and – that's just not going to get it done for them. They need to, you know, bump that up. And, you know, if they F around with that and have another performance, they'll be sorely disappointed in their win total this year. How bad do they lose at Ohio State in week two? I, I, I said when we did the Big Ten that Ohio State was going to run through those kids, and I'm going to hold firm to that. And I'm going to call at least a, a three-touchdown victory from Ohio State oh. <laughs> until Oregon. You know they're going to spread it on, too. 
Yeah. So they always go for style points. Until Oregon can show me that they've, you know, have a competent defense, I have absolutely no faith that they'll even make that Ohio State game competitive. Mm. But the rest of their schedule is a little favorable, so that's why I, I got to push at nine wins. You know, they avoid USC and Arizona State, but they do have some games that are not easy check marks in the win category for them you know like we already said ohio state washington utah ucla yeah nine wins i think is is achievable for them but i definitely would not see be surprised to see them go under either well if there's one thing that's for sure it's, it's that oregon's going to look good when they lose i mean they, they always have some really nice uniforms i really like that about oregon oh yeah i'll take the over on uh 14 different uniforms this year oh yeah they're probably going to have to change their pants when they shit their pants when they play Ohio State. So, I mean, they could change them there, too. So, it, Jason, I would normally say tell him where he's wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with, with Timmy's assessment of Oregon. I don't agree. I'm going over. Oh, over? You kidding me? I'm going over. Um, now, he said they don't know who's going to play quarterback. It's going to be Anthony Brown, the kid that transferred from Boston College. Now, he's not fantastic, but the Pac-12, you really don't have to be all that fantastic. The reason that I really like Oregon, you know, what's really like held them up in the past is being so small, up front especially. And Mario Cristobal, he's changed that whole culture there. I mean, every one of their linemen are like 320 pounds. I mean, they're huge up front. So it's not like small, flashy, fast Oregon like it used to be. And now it's like hit you in the mouth, Oregon. Outside of Washington, I don't see anybody in the north that will challenge them. So, And I like their schedule better than I like Washington. When I look at their schedule, the only guaranteed losses that I see for them, probably Ohio State on the road. And either at Utah or at Washington, I think they win one of those two. And I don't think they, anybody else on their schedule can beat them. COVID last year, minus nine in turnovers. And, you know, like Tim said, <laughs> giving up all those. They went from giving up 16 points a game to 28. So I think that all their defensive numbers get better and kind of go back to normal. And like I said, I think offensively they're going to dominate people, especially up front. And I've got them over. Mm, well, right. Washington – Timmy, same thing. Nine wins. Uh, they went three and one last year because the Pac-12 didn't play a lot of football last year. They are returning eighteen people, uh, ten on offense, eight on defense. Jimmy Lake's second year, a lot of unknowns really. Consider we only saw him play four games last year. I don't know what to think of him. I don't know what to think of a lot of teams in the Pac-12. What do you think about Washington? Yep. It's going to be a trend with me, man. Um, I, I just can't make heads or tails out of most of these teams because. You know, like we've said, they didn't play a lot of football last year, so it's going to be a question mark for all of them. But Washington specifically, you know, I got them again at a push at nine wins. Their quarterback situation could get a little bit interesting uh, throughout the season. They've named uh, Dylan Morris as the starter, but they have a, a five-star freshman waiting in the wings and Sam Heward. And, uh, of course, he's like the cousin of the legendary Brock Heward, you know, that guy. <laughs> that guy's a legend? Yeah, he's a legend, man. And in Husky's lore, he's a legend. But uh, I think he could challenge him for some snaps because um, that fan base is clamoring for him to start as a freshman. But whoever it is that ends up under center – just like we talked about with Oregon, they'll have plenty of skill around them to be successful. With Washington, they have a, a really good offensive line bringing back all five kids, and they got an all-pack 12 tight end to throw the ball to, plus three talented receivers. What's the names of those offensive linemen, Timmy? Uh, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, and center, I believe, are their names. Ah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, so they got some yeah. depth. You know, In the backfield, they got a pretty good running back in Richard Newton. 
he was a Doak Walker nominee last year, and in just a couple of games, you know, he, he rang up 11 touchdowns in those four games. So that's definitely not nothing to turn your nose up at. And like you said, they're bringing back eight kids on defense. In the short sample, they were the number one ranked defense in the Pac-12 last year. Uh, but obviously take that with a grain of salt. So they were average. Basically, <laughs> yeah, more or saying. less. You know, their front seven's solid, but the back end is where it's going to get interesting for them. Um, they've got one solid cornerback, but all the other defensive backs are huge question marks. And, you know, they've got some kids coming in in the transfer portal to step in, but you never really know how that's going to work out with a kid learning a new system. And they also have a new defensive coordinator coming in, so they're going to be learning a new system for everybody to boot if they win 10 games it wouldn't shock me completely that's probably their ceiling but there's just too many 50 50 games on their schedule to feel comfortable taking the over so i'll take a push at nine Mm. jason tell them where he's wrong yeah this is another team it's kind of i I didn't want to go over on oregon and washington but i think the rest of these teams in this side are so bad that (laughs) I, I, got, I got Washington at push or over if I'm forced to pick an over. So the only real massive hole in this team that I could find is their special teams. I mean, their special teams were ranked in the bottom five in the country last year. So, you know, if they can improve that, that's great. But I think their defense will go back to being normal. I mean, last year they went three and one, but they played Oregon State and Arizona. Two automatic wins, basically. I don't know. I'm kind of with Tim. You might as well flip a coin on this one to me. They don't really have any real star power on either side of the ball, especially now that their best defensive player, you know, they're basically their only pass rusher, uh, towards Achilles in the spring. So I'm going to give them a push, let it ride. But I'm with Tim. If I, you know, if I was forced, I would probably pick the over. It wouldn't surprise me. Are they going to go to Michigan and upset them in the big house? I think they roll Michigan personally. Yeah. I don't think Michigan wins a game. We suck. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. They could go winless. Harbaugh would still be there. But anyways, we've been there and done that. Burned that couch already. I got more lighter fluid. Cal. (laughs) We can reignite it another day. I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities once the season starts. But uh, we're going to move on to Cal. Cal, Vegas has them at six wins. Again, one and three last year. Justin Wilcox, fifth year, nine on offense, eight on defense. Um, man, I, I don't have a lot to say about Cal, but I know they've they've got some some really good talented players in the past. They've put through, and uh, especially at the wide receiver position. But what do you think about Cal this year at six? I wins? think they're a trash can. We suck. I'm cool. taking the under here, oh, man. Oh dear. You know, we've said before already that, you know, the small sample size is hard to judge. So going back and and looking at this team historically on offense, you know, they've had the the worst offense in the Pac-12 for like the last four years. And I don't see it changing again this year. Hmm. I know they have Chase Garbers back there, who's, you know, supposedly the Pac-12's most experienced quarterback, but he's just a pedestrian kid back there for me, man. Yeah, he's like a 1,500-yard, 60% completion kind of guy. It's not super stellar. It's not completely terrible, but I don't see him carrying this team this year. Um, I see him being another bottom dweller in the Pac-12 on offense again. Their defense is going to have to win them ballgames this year, um, just like they have in the past. There should be no reason that their defense isn't one of the best in the Pac-12 this year because Justin Wilcox is a defensive-minded coach, and you know they're bringing back – 
11 of their top tacklers from last year's team. And they got some big-time players on the back end that aren't afraid to get up in the run game. But the bottom line for me is that the offense is completely and utterly terrible. Um, and their schedule is not easy. They go to TCU, to Washington, to Oregon, and then they got road games at Stanford and UCLA. And then their home schedule doesn't have a lot of layups either with USC, Colorado, Washington State, and Nevada. And I think the best they can do is go 5-7. and seven. Well, Justin Wilcox, this is his fifth year, man, and he's 21-21 and 21 as a head coach at Cal. I know last year was a blip, but I mean they only played four games. I mean, who gives a shit? But he's one and one in bowl games and three and eight versus top twenty-five teams. The seat warmer is on, weak man. Okay, well, somebody who's not particularly on the hot seat, Nick Rolovich, Washington State. Vegas has them at six wins as well, just like Cal, bringing back eight offensive starters, ten on defense. Don't know anything about him, Timmy. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I do. Tell me about Washington State. Yeah historically a pretty good football team they've got a great following but uh they just can't get it done yeah this is you know Rolovich's second season uh, so it's basically his first <laughs> you know they only played four games yep. last year and didn't have any spring ball or any of that stuff so he's starting from scratch he's trying to bring that run and shoot style offense from Hawaii out here to Washington State I don't know how that's going to turn out you know throwing the ball 40 times a game he don't have timmy chang back there at quarterback quite honestly i don't even know who their quarterback's going to be and that's not an easy offense to learn it's not an easy offense to try to learn and, and master so you know who the f- knows what they're going to be on offense um but rolovich can get the job done um if he's given the time and the players so it's something to keep your eye on but i just have no idea how it's going to turn out and their defense has to improve as well. Um, in the small sample size last year, they were giving up 462 yards and 39 points a game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, I know. And, you know, they get 10 of them kids back, but do, do they want them? I don't know, man. Who knows? Um, you know, the team, they're going to have to rely on their offense to put up big points to even be competitive this year. The bottom line for me is it's going to be a tall order to get them to over six. Um, but I don't think they're going to be quite bad enough to only win five, so I'm going to take a push at six. Jason, tell him where he's wrong. He's wrong. This team sucks. We suck. <laughs> I don't really – I'll be honest, I spent almost zero time looking at them because they're not interesting to me. I mean – yeah, Nick Rolovich, I, I don't know anything about the guy. I, I was really interested in this team when Leach coached there because he's just a b- complete buffoon. <laughs> but, uh, no, just looking at their schedule and what they've got coming back, <laughs> Timmy's not wrong. Their ceiling is six, but ultimately I took the under just based on the fact that they turn the ball over, they don't take care of it. They give up historically bad just point totals and yards per carry and stuff like that, and I just don't see it. I mean, their schedule at Oregon, at Arizona State, at Utah, USC, you could chalk all those up as L's, and I don't think they make. What's the over-under on the number of appearances for the Wazoo flag on college game day this year? Well, I suppose however many weeks they allow fans to be there. (laughs) I think ESPN is just doing them a favor and takes it with them. There's no way that there's that big of a fan of Wazoo football. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Have you you heard of um, Harvey Updike? Unfortunately, yeah, I've heard of them. So there are like fanatic fans. Yeah, but Alabama's actually good at football. It doesn't matter. Those kind of people exist. Not that I'm calling this person a a maniac, but I mean, you know, people go to extreme measures to support their teams. 
Like killing a bunch of old oak trees. Yeah, that fucking guy. Yeah. Wait for that sound bite. Too much Bambi in me. You know, he calls me Jason Updike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever he's getting crazy, I call him Harvey. And he gets yeah, butthurt. Roll damn tide. <laughs> I don't want to spend any more time in Washington State because um, well, we just covered that. They suck. Um, Jason, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire. And I mean rapid fire on these two. Um, Oregon State, Stanford. Um, Stanford, man, it's a shame to see Stanford kind of spiral the way they have. They were really an up-and-coming Pac-12 team for quite a while, and they've just been basically irrelevant. Could be the worst team in the Pac-12, second worst uh, in front of Arizona. But Stanford's at four wins and Oregon State four and a half. Where do you give each one? Well, I'll go ahead and just start out with Oregon State at four and a half because that that one's easy for me uh, under. Their schedule is completely and utterly brutal. I mean, I'm – I'm searching to find wins. Hawaii, Idaho, and yes, uh, I mean out, outside of that, it's a struggle. So I'm 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 going under there. I don't see any reason to really talk about them because they're terrible. No offense to Oregon State fans, but that's how it is. Um, Stanford, I I got to be honest. I mean Vegas giving them four wins. That's like a slap in the nuts to me. I mean hell, they won four games a year ago. I know in 2019 they went four and eight. Okay, I get that. But, I mean, look at the, you know, five, six, seven years before that. I mean, when's the last time Vegas gave them a four-win total? I mean, they've got a lot of, you know, 14 starters coming back. David Shaw probably, I mean, I would argue he's one of the best coaches in the Pac-12. I mean, he's been there 11 years. Looking at their schedule, Utah, Notre Dame, Washington, Oregon, it is tough. But, I mean, all they got to do is win five games. I, give me the over. I they going to be Vandy? Yes, they'll no. beat Vandy. They'll beat Kansas State. Mm. I mean, they'll beat Washington State probably, Oregon State, Cal. I mean, you know, you look at, like, Cal. They've won 10 of the last 11 games against Cal. What are they, Vegas predicting that as a loss? I don't see it. Give give me the over. I mean, I think they make a bowl game. That's an easy one for me. I agree. I mean, last year they – yeah, you know, they they opened the season. They lost to Oregon fourteen to thirty five. But after that, I mean, they lost to Colorado thirty two thirty five. Then they won at Cal, at Washington, at Oregon State, and at UCLA. I mean, you know, they were in every single game except for that first one. And they're bringing back a decent amount of players coming in on a little momentum. David Shaw got a lot of experience. I don't know. I think out of all these picks that we're going to do today, I think Stanford's the easiest. I agree, hundred um, percent. I mean, it's not like they're no one's saying they're going to be good, but are they going to win more than four? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I probably agree with you on that one, but I don't put any faith in any of these teams' performances from last year. Yeah, you can't really. I mean, that it's. I mean, a couple of them only played three games. You know, one thing I want to talk about too, real quick, just just if you look around at all these schedules in the Pac-12, one thing I will tip my hat to with the Pac-12 is they hardly have any powder puff games. I mean, look at all these schedules. You don't see any Chattanooga states. I mean, other teams should take note of this. Moving on to, we're going to go to the south now, uh, Pac-12 South, um, Arizona State. Hello? Where do you have them? They're nine wins, according to Vegas, bringing back quite a few kids, which a lot of a lot of teams are bringing back quite a few kids. But uh, where do you put Arizona State? I got beef with Herm Edwards. Oh, no. Figured you did. I'm not saying they can't. Now the number I've got written down is nine and a half, but if you're giving me if you're going to give me nine wins, I would take a push there. I could easily see him going under, but the reason I have beef with Herm Edwards, let me just let me run over my 2019 betting lines here. Okay. Uh, okay. So you bet on Arizona State and he lost you money. 
he lost me a bunch of money in three different games. Okay, uh, <laughs> Michigan State, he was plus 14. You know, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Sparty, easy win. You know, whatever. Yeah, Michigan State loses the game. Arizona State wins it outright. Not only do they cover, they win outright. You play to win the game. And then later in the year, all they got to do is keep it within 13 of Utah. They get blown out. And then, of course, they're a 14-point dog to Oregon, and they lose by three. And so I made it, you know, I made a pact with myself. Never again will I bet on Herm Edwards. Overall, 15-15 and 15 against the spread. You can't count on that guy for anything. So I wouldn't bet this line, plus or minus nine, at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let it ride. As far as their team goes, it begins and ends with Jaden Daniels, their quarterback. Some people think he's got some Heisman hype. I think if you're going to win the Heisman, your team pretty much has to go undefeated, unless you're like Lamar Jackson and you just put up video game numbers. Sounds like the only guarantee here is that Arizona State will lose some games, and and you can you can bet that. Don't end up on the Jason Bailey betting blacklist either. It is, it is personal. I think Herm's out for me. Like, you got Herm Edwards' home address over there, weak man. You about to go to his house? No, I don't want to hang out <laughs> with him. He's lo- he owes me some money though. <laughs> Herm is probably hanging underneath Jason's bed. Uh, well, you mentioned Utah, Jason. Let, let's go to Utah real quick. Take us through Utah, the Mormons. <laughs> the, the Mormons. Eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, them and BYU. Come on, man. What family in Utah, man? It's a great place. Timmy? Pass. <laughs> pass. You said pass. <laughs> they they serve agree. three and a half percent beer in that state. I don't fucking care. <laughs> what the? <laughs> What kind of personal shot is that? Three and a half percent? Who wants to drink that, though? You have a problem, Timmy. <laughs> I do not have a problem. He doesn't drink too much. He just right. he drinks whatever. just enough. It's whatever. It's whatever. Every man. time. Yeah, there you go. Now, I'm going to – their schedule is easy. I mean, they, they're they tough road game at USC. But outside of that, man, they could win every other game. I really – I like Utah to come out of the South and – you know, very possibly win the Pac-12. I mean, I... Excuse me? If you want to crown them, then crown their ass! Did you just say win the Pac-12? Can we re- rewind that? Win the Pac-12? No. Okay, crazy guy. Let me let me just explain something to you. No. Kyle Whittingham is cutthroat. I mean, they interviewed him at halftime one time, and his response it was like, how are you going to keep your momentum going on this team in the second half? He said, put your foot on their fucking throat. <laughs> and then just walked away from the reporter. I love that guy. He's cutthroat, man. So, I mean, he's in, what, 17th year here? Yeah, 17 years he's been there. Yeah, been there forever. So, Charlie Brewer, that guy, he's like video game numbers. They, their schedule, dude, I mean, just go look at it. All their tough games are at home minus USC. So, I think they easily, you know, have a chance to win the Pac-12. If they win on the road at USC, you can book it. They're going to the Pac-12 title. And they're they're good enough to play with anybody in that conference. I think somebody else from the South is going to win. Oh, God. We'll get to that. Chip Kelly? Oh, yeah. It's coming. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Don't you fucking go there. We're going to we're gonna save the, the, quote, best for last. But right now we're going to go to UCLA. Uh, Chip Kelly, fourth year at UCLA. I know, Jason, you're going to have a lot of great things to say about Chip Kelly because you've already Tee him up, to that, man. But <laughs> <laughs> three and four. Last year, returning 20 players, 10 on both sides of the ball. 10 and 21 since being the head coach at UCLA. They haven't played in any bowl games because they haven't been eligible. 0-7 versus top 25 teams. 
Not a lot going for the UCLA Bruins. Take us through it. All right. I'm going to try and not completely eviscerate him. Okay, that's a lot. Do lie. it. I'm about, to, I'm about to eviscerate him. Okay, let me just go over some of this shit here. First of all, this dude leaves Oregon in a trash can because he's cheating and, you know, has all kind of recruiting violations. Oregon goes in the trash can for a couple of years, gets an 18-month show cause penalty, goes to the NFL, turns the Philadelphia Eagles into a trash can, gets fired, goes to San Francisco, they're complete and utter garbage, gets fired again, and then comes to UCLA, not a glamorous coaching job, but, you know, hey, respectable at least, goes 3-9, and 4-8, and eight, and then 3-4. and four. Why he makes $3.5 million a year to coach football, I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, the dude brings – I mean, his players at Philadelphia – like, they hated him because they said he was racist and that he creates division in the locker room. Why the hell would you bring a dude like that in to coach your football team, whether you agree with it or believe it or not? I don't get it. I'm going under here. I mean, yeah, they averaged 231 yards a game on the ground last year, rushing the ball. So offensively, probably going to be okay on offense. But defensively, they're horrendous. Giving up 30, 34, that's, that's about their average under his tenure. He's fired after this year. They won't win very many games, and they're going to be toting a serious ass whooping in week two against LSU. Book it. LSU might score 60. <laughs> I hope you're right, but traditionally that's not how we do things. We don't we don't play for style points because, you know, if LSU needs to – they don't need style points, really. I mean, they just – they play to win the game. They play to win the game. Hello? <laughs> All right. Last Best for last, USC. Everybody's favorite. I know everybody on this show just loves USC. Hey, what's the difference and, uh, between a USA football player and a dollar bill, Hunter? Any idea? Um, yes. You can get four quarters out of a dollar. <laughs> How did you not know the answer to that? I guess I guess it's not it's not wrong. I couldn't find USC in my book because you you didn't rearrange the letters correctly and put the S, the U, and the C before the K. We suck. <laughs> That's why I couldn't find them. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie. If, if, if um, Clay Helton, seventh year USC, they're they've kind of been underachieving here lately. I mean, for USC standards, eight and a half wins. What do you think about USC? Um, you guys talked about who was going to win the South. Jason thinks Utah. I'm going to call it right now. I think USC. Runs oh the my table. God! I think they can oh win the South, word. and they're going to win the conference. This one might be worse than Jason's Minnesota pick. Tell me where I'm wrong. They're having Utah at home. At Notre Dame, obviously I chalk that up as a loss. When you avoid Oregon and you avoid Washington from the other side, I kind of like your chances to win nine games. Now, he's not the guy. Does anybody think that Clay Hilton is ever going to win a championship? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I didn't think so. So why the fuck? Is he still the guy? I don't know. I mean, USC was a dominant program at once. Yeah, but who is the guy? I mean, what? what, what are... Hugh Freeze is coaching Liberty. Why the fuck haven't you called him? Why is he not your coach? Because that dude can win ball games and put butts in the seats. I mean, this dude got to fucking work to be so bad at recruiting. I mean, it's Southern California. They got the best weather on the planet. <laughs> There's gorgeous women walking around everywhere. It's like, hey, hey, 19-year-old kid. You want to come to Southern California? You know, because we have the best of everything except our football team. We suck. No, I'm going to go to Delaware. Just saying, man. A lot of people are leaving South California. Yeah, well, bet if Hugh Freeze is there, they ain't losing them kids. If Hugh Freeze is there, 
or anybody credible. Name me somebody who has a chance to win a championship at some point. Those kids aren't leaving there. Kids like Najee Harris aren't leaving to go to Alabama. They're going to go to USC. You know, Pete Carroll, when he was there, he was recruiting top five talent every year, and they were badass because of it. Now, <laughs> granted, they had some sketchy stuff going on, but all that shit's legal now. I just don't get it. But I agree that with Hunter, they probably win nine games this year just strictly based on schedule, and Slovis is actually pretty good. They're definitely going to fall off the face of the earth here. What they have currently with the schedule they have, I would not be surprised to see them win nine games, and it would not surprise me to see them win the South. And once you win the South and you go to the conference championship, it's anybody's game. I mean, I think it's best if we, we spend the next few minutes talking about this before we close out the show than then going through the other two abysmal teams of, of Colorado and Arizona. But let, let's roll into this top 25 because that came out today, right? I have a question. 63 votes for Alabama, two votes for Oklahoma. So other than Oklahoma, who voted for Oklahoma? Texas. Hmm. I'm going to talk about two teams that stick out to me. Number 23, UL Lafayette, right down the road from me, and number 24, Coastal Carolina. What the actual fuck is happening in college football right now? I don't fucking know, man. They're not going to survive that, though. I mean, they might be good football teams in their own right, but they got no business being up there above some of these other teams, man. It's just a throw in the bone to the group of five. That's all it is. Throw them a bone, you know, because they're not going to make the playoff. We all know that. They don't have a chance. So, Throw him a bone, but honestly, I'm kind of pissed off that Liberty's not Didn't in me? the top 25. Shit, Liberty would beat UL Lafayette or Coastal Carolina. Liberty beat Coastal in the bowl game last year. What the fuck is going on there? Yeah, they'd probably take them to the fucking cleaners, Do you have a picture man. of Hugh Freeze next yeah. to your bed? Liberty may be ranked after week three, or no, sorry, week nine, I think. They play Ole Miss. I can't wait for that game. I want to ask Hunter what he thinks about uh, – Old LSU mm. being ranked at 13 underneath Florida. Are you kidding me? I don't want to ask Hunter. I want to ask John Gruden's cousin, Hunter Gruden. What do you think, <laughs> Mr. Gruden? Man, when I look at this LSU football team, man, these guys can play, they can run the ball, and they can play defense. That's what wins ball games, man. I, I like <laughs> LSU at 13. Hell, I'd put them at number one if I could. I think they should go up two spots just for shit cannon Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini was so good in his time, too. Maybe Freeze didn't include them on the call girl scandal. They didn't get to hang out with any of those <laughs> chicks. Preseason rankings suck, man. I, I I think I've said this on a previous show. Like We, we talk about it, it's exciting because we, you know, we haven't seen college football in a year and really haven't seen a whole lot of college football, you know, especially the Pac-12 since this episode's about the Pac-12. But there's just not a lot of excitement to me with, with top 25 preseason because it's all BS. I mean, it really is. We know Alabama's going to be good. We know Clemson. Like The top 10 teams are going to be good, and, and it is what it is. It's, it's why teams like Ohio State are in the position they're in right now with no experience at quarter because they're always going for style points instead of getting players experience because they're always watching those rankings and i don't know i just don't like it well hunter i'd like to get your take real quick because you weren't on the last week's show clemson and georgia two versus five week one clemson minus three and a half who you taking i'm taking georgia bro well all day i disagree clemson's gonna win sorry jason took clemson to go all the way to win the national championship and their quarterback to win the Heisman. He gave them, like, the trifecta, man. Classic Alabama fans, man. They, they, they bet on the teams that they know they can beat and then pump those teams up saying that we beat the second-best team in the country, you know. Oh, a little reverse yeah. psychology over here. Trust me. Dabo. Been dealing with these guys for a long time. Dabo's a Bama guy. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh, man. Well, well I'm going to wrap up the show because uh, – 
we got nothing else to talk about. This is our last preview show, and I'm really excited to get into some actual college football that'll be here before you know it. Jason, what are we going to look forward to on our next episode? Uh, next episode, we're going to start getting into some of the point spreads and some of the you know top games of the year, some of our favorites, um, best matchups of the year, that kind of stuff. Um, if you guys want to find us, hit us up on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We're available on all platforms. Uh, go give us a listen. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hit us up. Send us a message. Let us know what you think. Send us some questions. We'll get them read out to you, and you can roast Jason all you want, and I'll probably join you just because it's fun. <laughs> we'll be back next week with point spreads and more news from college football. Thank you for tuning in this week. See you next time. Spectacular group of men. You go find them. You throw your arms around them. You give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. <laughs>